We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRA. DIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome to 2024, everybody. So glad you made it. And we have crowned some champions in the FFPC since we last spoke. Hello. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown here for Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network, and of course, the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And speaking of the FFPC, you can go there right now while you watch, or maybe you want to watch and then go there later. Either way is fine. MYFFPC.com is where to go. MyFFPC.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. There's no draft or salary cap for this. You're just choosing the 10 or 12 players by uh, Saturday or Sunday's kickoff. We just have two weekly challenges this week because there's no Thursday night football. And then watch and pile up uh, the points through week 18. Remember, only one player per team. $35 to enter or $200 to enter and can win up to $2,500. This is the exact same format as the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge as well. Two great contests, same awesome format. You can get in for $200 and win $500,000. You can also get in for $35 and win up to $100,000. Same format, except for you're picking 12 players for the entire postseason. One player per team. Now, you and I said this to Howard Bender when I was on the uh, Fantasy Alarm in SiriusXM today, you don't know what players are going to be in the Playoff Challenge yet. However, I think it's important to get those entries squared away. Make sure you have them in. Both of these contests are already more than 10% full, which is 
not normal for this time of year. We're not even to week 18 games yet. We're already 10% full on these. Uh, so I would encourage everybody to get over there now, get your teams lined up, fill in the rosters later at myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment, share, and get notified anytime we go live like we are tonight this evening. I want to welcome in my guest uh, tonight. Many of you know him. Many of you have competed against uh, him. And quite frankly, many of you have probably lost in leagues to this guy over the years. He finished 17th place in the FFPC main event this year. Uh, I believe at a top 100 team in the Fantasy Pros Championship as well. He's going to join me tonight to look back on a big run for a million bucks uh, that ultimately fell sh just short. 16 teams finished ahead of him. Uh, we'll talk about the rest of his uh, FFPC teams, how they fared this season. Maybe a little look ahead to 2024 as well. From the Mongooses franchise, it is the incomparable Mike Zuka. Mike, welcome in tonight, man. Hey, Eric. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy New Year. You said uh, it's, it's a good it's a good New Year because your Cleveland Browns and Joe Flacco, they're already in the playoffs. So for the playoff challenge, you know you're picking one Brown. You just don't know which ones it's gonna which one it's gonna be yet. Yeah, this one defense. That, that's gonna be the defense. There you go. And but what just tremendous work uh for them this year. I had one actually two of my leagues, Mike. I was racking my brain the majority of the season because I had the Browns and Jets uh, defenses on, on my team. And I had to figure out which one to play week to week. It was a tough, tough one, but man, Miles Garrett and that Browns defense, Jim Schwartz too, right? What, what a, what a job he's done in Cleveland this year. Yeah. I mean, everything. I mean, yeah, we should have the coach of the year. We should have the defensive player of the year, comeback player of the year, everything. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then maybe Super Bowl MVP too. You never know. Anything's possible. Um, coming up tonight, Mike and I are going to try to figure out how we let uh, Kyron Williams slip so far in drafts. Where David Njoku, speaking of the Browns, stands among the elite tight ends next year. What to expect from Devon Achan in 2024 and much more. So, Mike, the first question I want to lead off with tonight is, is quite simply, uh, 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 how was your season go? How, how did your season end up overall? I know you play a ton of leagues. I mean, the FFPC alone, you're in the main event. You're in the Fantasy Pros Championship. You're in the bare knuckle, which we're going to get into in a little bit. Um, you did, I think, varsity, big payback, a ton of the high-end leagues. Overall, how good was your fantasy season in 2023? Yeah, I mean, good but not great. I was kind of disappointed, you know. Really wanted the bare knuckles and kind of fell, fell flat the last two weeks of the season there. Um, yeah. For the bare knuckle, well, I'll tell you what. Let's hold off on the bare knuckle. Um, let's talk about the main event. Um, I don't know, because you're in so many leagues, I don't know how, how you scoreboard watch, if you're scoreboard watching in week 17. But you ended up getting a team into 17th place overall in the main event. Um and this was a team, I believe, I could be wrong, I thought it put up like 200 points in the final week. So it obviously was climbing up the leaderboard. Were you watching it as the games went on in week 17 saying, oh, my God, I'm, I'm climbing, I'm climbing here? Uh, like, what was that like? And did you feel like you had a chance uh, when you saw that team rising? I, I thought I had a chance halfway through the Pittsburgh-Seattle game. I just needed, needed Jalen Warren and, and DK Metcalf to do more than they did, you know. And that was ultimately the difference is, is Warren and Metcalf just, just could not get it done. I mean, they, they had good games, but I needed them to have great games. And, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was only up to about 12th place with nobody left to go in the, yeah. Okay. I got it. So like, so first place was never really a threat, but it was still pretty cool seeing your team rise up though. Yeah. Yeah. Just, what? I, I had, I had three teams in the main event 
playoffs and each one of them had one bad week and yeah, one that finished 17th, one that finished 45th, one that finished 152nd. And, and and that's the thing, like, because like now with this sprint, like you so many teams that like you pretty much got to be dialing in like 180, 190, 200 every single week, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the one that came close, I had, yeah, 130 in the, in week 16. So I thought that that team was done. And then, yeah, it had, it had Brees Hall in the Thursday night game. So, yeah. Oh, and what, and Brees Hall, Mike, what is he, like, this has been insane watching this guy. Um, one of my leagues, I, I benched him in week 16. This is okay. So, um, nobody cares about your team, but this is what I'm facing here in, I, I play in uh, Kentucky where you can only start three running backs. Um, Brees Hall, Devon Achan, um, Travis Etienne, um, Kyron Williams, and um, Isaiah Pacheco were my five. And I ended up in week 16 uh, sitting Brees Hall. And I didn't even, I mean, like the way that, as far as how many passes he was catching, just blew me away. And I think that'll change next year if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. But my goodness, that what he did for people these last couple weeks of the season, absolutely insane. Yeah, and I, I mostly missed out on him because I, I was worried about the injury and yeah, kind of kind of bought into the Dalvin Cook, you know, hype, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's like I like Brees Hall, but then when you know it you've been doing this for years, you know, like once a guy reaches a certain level, it's really tough to to get sold on the player when you have to pay that premium price. Um, and Hall was one of those guys for me this year. Sounds like he was one of those guys for you as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I got him in that team that team because he right. fell in the sixth round. That's yeah. Otherwise, you never would have grabbed him. Like it's yeah. just that's that's the way it works. Um, okay, let's talk about Kyron Williams, who was also on this team that um, finished in seventeenth overall. You grabbed him in the sixteenth round. Now, I, I I know that the the obvious reasons that we let him slip so far was the fact that Cam Akers was there, um, the fact that Kyron Williams was. Um, you know, a backup at best to start the season. We didn't even know if he was going to be the number two. I mean, I think like as drafting season went on, we kind of thought he was going to be, and he was catching passes and preseason and what have you. Um, but Mike, I, I think that the lesson we have to learn from Kyron Williams here, how do we avoid making sure, a better way to phrase this, how do we make sure we don't let players that put up these kinds of numbers slip so far in drafts next year? Is it just a matter of like, look, this is what happens in, in high stakes leagues. These injury away type guys are always going to go in the double digit rounds. You just got to hope you get the right one. Or is it more nuanced? Can we kind of figure out like, okay, maybe I should be targeting these guys a couple of rounds earlier to make sure I have them on my team. No, I mean, I, I almost completely missed out on Kyron Williams. I was, yeah. Yeah. In, in August, during August, I was worried about Zach Evans. I thought he was going to be the backup and then, yeah. I think actually it did, did you know did come to later until I saw people better than me at this who were drafting Kyron Williams every draft. And yeah, yeah. So I went into to Vegas saying, Yeah, I need to, to draft Kyron Williams in every league. And I, you know, kind of yeah, came you, close to that in the, in the last you know, couple of days of, of drafting. But yeah. And well, and that's the thing, like, so I do that all the time because so many people I I I compete against are way smarter than me. But you, a guy who has had so much success in the FFPC, you do the same thing. Where if, where if you've, you know, you've seen players and you've competed against players and they're grabbing these guys, um, then you're automatically adjusting your rankings based on what, you know, again, what you view as more talented players are doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, 
in, in August, I, I go through my rankings every day and I, I change it you know, based on players I have, things I've seen. So you know, that, that's kind of how I can memorize things for bare knuckles is that I, I read my rankings every day. How, how yeah. long, how long is that daily process during drafting season? How long does that take for you to re-rank? Oh, it, it's, I mean, pro- probably, you know, 20, 30 minutes, but yeah. Okay. And are you going position by position or are you doing like, you know, like a top hundred or how do, how do you do that? Position by position. Yeah. So I, okay. I have, have every team's depth chart up and I, you know, kind of move people around based on you know, preseason news and yeah. So I'm waking up in the morning. I have my coffee. I, I make breakfast. I'm getting ready for work. You wake up in the morning during the summer. You have your coffee, and then you're you're re- okay. I got to move Devon A. Chan up here. I got to move Travis Etienne. Down. Like this is what your morning is during drafting season, basically. Yeah, yeah. If I get up early enough, yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> unbelievable. Because like, I, I'm I'm in a draft right after work, so yeah, I have to do it. You know, in the morning. Right. How, how many um, are you in a bunch of slow drafts at once during the summer too? I never do slow drafts. Now, why is that? Why do you not participate in slow drafts? I mean, I'm not patient enough. And yeah, I, I mean, it's. <laughs> so it's not a strategic thing. It's just not enjoyable for you. Right. Yeah. Just I know, but I know people like, see, like for me, I commission like a ton of drafts and I'm busy in the summer or whatever. And, and it's really difficult for me to set aside, you know, two hours or an hour and a half or whatever it is, or sometimes an hour to do a live draft. So I love the slow drafts because I can only check in uh, every so often. But I've heard from people, and I, I think, Mike, you're one of these people I'm going to add to the list now, cannot stand it when they check in at nine in the morning and they're six picks away. And then they check in at three in the afternoon and they're still six picks away, like just drives people batty. Well, yeah, and then I'm done with the draft, you know, as soon as it's it's over. I don't have to think about a draft for, you know. You know, for, for two weeks, I, I do my draft and done with it, move on to the next one. And yeah. And you uh, like it's it's I mean, that's probably that's a process for you, like because once you get a draft done, it's now part it's just part of your stats and you're moving on to the next one. You're re-ranking every day. And I feel like that you probably developed a lot of unique builds that way, too, with all the drafts uh, that you did this summer. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. 
So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Not really. I, I mean, yeah. No, there are. My most- teams end up kind of the same, just you know, by you know, positions. I, I kind of vary the players a lot. I mean, I looked at my ownership percentages. I, you know, one player over 20%, that was the Cleveland Browns defense. Every. No, no other, no player above twenty percent on my list. So, what what was it about the Browns' defense this year? I mean, I, I guess it was probably just a combination of things, right? Well, they're, they're always my top owned player. I I just can't help that. But, um... <laughs> and uh, and and it helps that they have a lot of talent there too. Yeah, kind of had an easier schedule this year, and yeah. They've actually been kind of disappointing for fantasy because they, yeah, you know, they just don't allow a lot of yards and points. But yeah, um, let's uh, let's talk about um, the bare knuckle now. Uh, I, I know last time we had you on the HSFFO where we talked about this a lot. Um, Nick Costantino, the back to back or what part of the back to back FFPC main event guys, uh, go Bills, Marv Levy franchise. Uh, tough loss and bare knuckle. You had it the whole way. You kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier mike now i listened to the deep end fantasy football podcast um i've heard mike Shope. mike Shope has actually come on some of my shows and he's mentioned your name uh has nothing but praise for you about how good you are um not only for how good you have done in the bare knuckle but it seems like how good you seem to do in the bare knuckle every single year you were second place this year very very close to first place overall and and you would attribute a lot of that success to re-ranking players to drafting a lot how how have you been able to to be up at the top of the leaderboard seemingly every year you participate in this draft yeah well uh, i mean and I, I i'm crazy i do memorize all the players and i could you know, you know right before the draft i could i could probably go 100 players deep at every position you know wow. just off the top of my head but um really you know the, you know the important thing is i, I have my strategy down for for, for best ball drafts i I always, you know, for, usually always go, yeah, three seven eight four three three with my positions, and, and I kind of, you know, know where where to take, yeah, you know, kickers and defenses, know where to, you know, take my my fourth running back, where to take my third quarterback, and you know, so I have that all down, so I don't have to worry about that. I, I can kind of concentrate on memorizing players, knowing who's dropped, and you know. Now, for the people who are watching this right now or listening to it later, if you're not familiar with the bare knuckle. This is a 28-round draft. It is a live draft done in Las Vegas right after that opening Thursday night game. No electronics, no pens, no paper, nothing allowed uh, on the table in front of you. It's just you, and you only get 30 seconds to make a pick. Now, Mike, as you know, this leads to some crazy stuff happening in the draft. Can you tell me about um, one player over the years that you couldn't believe was still out there. That was a huge score for you. And is it, you know, conversely, was there an, another time when you're like, you know, you took a kicker too early or you took a player like three rounds early and you're like, Oh, I can't believe I just did that. Like basically your best and worst pick in your bare knuckle history or the ones that you remember at least. And, and you, I cannot, mean, the, the, and you the cannot year I won it, it was, it was Austin Eckhart in the third round. That was, he, Trinata, he was going in the first round. That was, right. Probably my, my, my best pick. Um, yeah. Why not, so, not to sound full of myself. I, I don't think I made any bad picks. Um, yeah. 
just based on like memory, I've, I've forgotten about players. I've forgotten about plenty of players. I've, you know, okay. You know, this last year I let, you know, I let Cooper cup pass me a couple of times. Cooper cup went in the you know, end of the seventh round to the guy who won it. So that might've cost me the league, you know, but I just, yeah, completely forgot about him. And so getting back to the Eckler one where he went, basically he fell two rounds without explanation and you see he's still out there and you're on the clock. Are you thinking like, did he get hurt today? And I don't know about this. Like, like why is, cause two rounds at the top of the draft. I mean, that's a huge deal, Mike. What I've seen is when, when there's news about a guy, people will, you know, people will decide to fade him. He did have that hamstring injury okay. and you know, with, with Cooper cup. Yeah. You know, this year. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's, he, I think he just went on IR, you know, that day. So people say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fade Cooper cup. And they, then they just forget about him. Yes. And yeah. Have you, have you ever done like a $35 FFPC draft, like, like a bare knuckle where you're just like, all right, I'm going to join this draft. And, and, you know, you don't have to do it bare knuckle style, but you're so dialed in. Have you ever done a draft like that? I, I could, I I've never tried to do that. Um, but you could, if you wanted to, I, 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 I'd be at a disadvantage. I think if I did that, <laughs> yeah, you probably would be. Yes. Um, I'm moving on here. Let's, let's talk about Darren Waller. Um, a player that I think you had a lot of, of shares of this year um, and a player that was really climbing up draft boards at the end of drafting season. Um, and a lot of people were very excited about what he was going to do in New York because they didn't have a lot of reliable receivers or any reliable receivers. And then lo and behold, the, um, the, the soft tissue injury, the soft tissue bug rears its ugly head and it bites Darren Waller again comes back at the end of this year, does okay. But my question to you is, and we're going to have in the FFPC uh, draft starting up in, in just a couple of weeks here with the Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament, which I think you can actually sign up for right now. Um, but uh, Darren Waller, do you think that p- player is going to let him go so far as to maybe like, oh, my God, I can get Darren Waller as the 14th, 15th tight end off the board? I'm all over that. What kind, Do you think he's going to be a value in drafts this year, Mike? I'm probably out on him. I mean, I was, yeah, I kind of bought into the training camp hype with him and, yeah, yeah, I, 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 you could make a case for him. Yeah. He didn't have Daniel Jones a whole year and yeah, he could, could happen, but yeah, he's, he's 31 years old now. And, and, and especially, and I think the, the other thing, too, well, I guess what makes this interesting is like, I'm not a Waller guy, but I think about the tight end position this coming year. Um, and I think it's going to be fascinating because you're going to have Kelsey another year older who is really kind of fading down the stretch. Mark Andrews is coming off a serious knee injury. Um, TJ Hawkinson, we don't know when he's coming back or if he's even coming. Out. I mean, if the Vikings stink it up in 2024, maybe Hawkinson doesn't even you know play next year at all. You're, we're going to be dealing with that. And then that's not even taken into consideration. All the young guys the Trey McBrides, the Sam Laportas, Dalton Kincaids, Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, you know, all these guys that have really come on this year that historically we don't see, um, you know, rookies or young guys. Uh, I know McBride's not a rookie, but we don't normally see guys putting up these types of numbers at this age in the NFL. I think that's going to be fascinating. If all those guys move up, uh, then all of a sudden Wallet, I guess like, I would look at Waller as a second tight end, maybe in a best ball, but even then you think it's too risky. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if he's in the 10th round, yes, I'll, I'll take him there, okay. but yeah. I, yeah, He's not a target for you. I totally get yeah. it. 
I, I totally get. I'm trying to get you to say I love Darren Waller, and I, I'm just not going to get you to say. No, he, he he had one good year four years ago, and now we've been chasing it for you know, <laughs> the last three years now. That's true. Uh, chasing Waller, the title of the episode. Um, David and Joku, let's talk about one of your Cleveland Browns here. Um, this is a guy that I ended up flexing out in a couple of my leagues, like non tight end premium and um, worked out for me down the stretch in a couple of my leagues this year. Now, I think that the interesting thing, and I'll get you to weigh in on this because I don't know what Cleveland's going to do. Um, I, what Joe Flacco has been able to come off the couch and the numbers he's been able to put up is, is truly mind-blowing. Um, and Cooper had that awesome week. And Joku's been crushing it. Elijah Moore's actually been all right, too. I'm wondering what you think, um, number one, what are the Browns going to do at quarterback next year? Is it just as simple as, hey, Watson's healthy, he's our starter? And then number two, um, where does Njoku fall in on, you know, I just laid out the tight end landscape. Where does Njoku fall in on that landscape for you, Mike? I mean, I, I, I'd say I'd say he's, you know, tight end five or, or six. I mean, I, I'll be, yeah. Only concern is yeah is is just is is usage. I I just don't know you know if he'll be the you know he'll get the same number of targets with with every with you know Deshaun Watson back next year. I I I think we have to go back to, to Deshaun Watson you know next year. All that money, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, it and the fascinating thing is what happens. And I think that as good as Baltimore has been playing lately, I still think the league's wide open as far as the playoffs go this year. And now does Cleveland, they have the fifth seed locked up, right? Yeah. Okay. So they will be playing on the road. No, they will not. Yeah. They'll be playing on the road against the four yeah. seed um, in the, in the first round. Like what happens if Flacco leads them to the AFC championship or the Super Bowl? I mean, that's, that is compelling stuff in Cleveland. If that happens, then all of a sudden, like, and I guess you can't trade Watson. I mean, you got to play him. Even if Flacco wins the Super Bowl, you got to play Watson next year, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if Flacco was 28 instead of 38, yeah. Right. <laughs> then we'd be having a different conversation. Yeah. Um, age is such a it, it's it's such a weird thing in the NFL. Um, we saw Tom Brady go deep into his uh, mid 40s. Aaron Rodgers, I think, wants to keep doing uh, what he's doing um, until his mid 40s. I don't know if he'll get that far. Um, and then you have running backs that, you know, the shelf life on uh, on their careers is is over in, in a blip. Many of them not even getting second contracts. I can't include Raheem Mostert in that conversation because this dude has gotten a second contract and a third contract. And now at 31 years old, has a 20-plus touchdown year on his resume thanks to what he did in Miami this year. I don't believe he's going to do it next year. He's going to be 32 years old. Might be a complimentary piece in that Miami backfield, but to me, the meal ticket and the guy that is everybody's going to be falling all over themselves to draft is Devon Achan. Mike, where do you think? Uh, where I, I shouldn't say where do you think? Where would you be comfortable drafting Devon Achan next year after you know fill in the blank after X many running backs are off the board? Where do you like him next year? We saw the good, we saw the bad with him though this year as well. Um, I, I, I'd say about, about, you know, fourth or fifth. I mean, I, you know, fourth or take, fifth I round. Caffrey ahead of him. I take Hall ahead of him. Um, probably, yeah, probably would take, you know, yeah, probably take, yeah, Bijan ahead of him too. Okay. Um, 
But everybody else is, is old. I, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't really get excited about, you know, Saquon Barkley or Austin Eckler next year. Um, I, I, I'd love to see Nick Chubb, you know, run it back, but yeah, I'm not going to draft him in the first round. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, what about? I, I think Mostert will be will be annoying next year. Um, that's, I mean, you'll you, you, you just you know you'll you'll see, you'll see, yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll be like yeah, Jamal Charles, you know, yeah, you know, twelve years ago where he would run for seventy yards and they bring in Thomas Jones for a one yard touchdown. Right. I mean, you'll see that next year. Yeah. Um, so Devon H and that fourth fifth round, you're talking about fourth fifth overall. So you're talking about. Like, well, probably end of the yeah, end of the first round. End of the I, first know, early second. It's, it's going to okay. be yeah, the, the first round is going to be all, all yellow next year. I mean, it's right. going to be mostly receivers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that'll probably be you know, one two turn about where I would take him. I I uh, I think he's going to be compelling. I, I'll be I'll be here for it. I, I'd love to see where A Chan's going to go. Um, and he was a he was a success story. I think for the most part this year because of where you had what you had to give up in your draft to get him. You know, you weren't drafting him in the first, second, third round, anything like that. Um, a guy who was not a success story this year. And this is a guy that was really moving up high stakes draft boards. The last week of August, the first week of September, Mike was uh, Jahan Dotson in Washington. And I think he's an interesting case uh, to look at this year because he was on a team that for the majority, I shouldn't say the majority of the season, I would say a little over half the season into the, a little over halfway into the 2023 season, Sam Howell was leading the league in passing yards, which is crazy. Um, but Jahan Dotson was the number two receiver on that team behind Terry McLaurin. I know Curtis Samuel was there and Logan Thomas, so on and so forth as well. But Dotson really did not do much at all. Are, is there any lesson that we can learn from um, a player like Dotson who – we had such high hopes for um, the way he was climbing up draft boards, but ultimately let us down on a passing offense that really didn't let us down. Well, I, first, I, I think we overreacted to Terry McLaurin's injury. Um, is, you know, always say, well, yeah, yeah turf toe is, is tough to overcome, but yeah, he, he was, yeah, he didn't win anybody any leagues, but he was, he was, you know, soaking up all the targets and, you know, we kind of overestimated that we were assuming that, you know, Dotson would be the, the number one receiver and right yeah i mean I, I i don't think i would change my process at all i mean because yeah you want to take guys with high upside and yeah they're not going to all pan out and yeah i and 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 like how many how many years have you been playing fantasy football i mean this has got to be like 20 something right for you no actually my first home league was in 2007 2007 okay so you're looking at okay so um you're looking at what 15 16 right somewhere around there um and you say you you trust your process. You haven't changed your process. You've had to. Well, you've tweaked my process. I mean, but yeah, it's it's you know you want to chase you want to chase upside and yeah, and yeah. But so like over the years, like do you? I mean, I should ask you this: How many? What percentage of the leagues do you play in, Mike? Where it's best ball, and what percentage of the of the teams that you draft are managed leagues? Is it like 50-50? Is it a different split? Well, it's, it's, it's more best ball because, you know, they're, you know, there's, there's lower buy-in. So, I, you know, across all the sites, I, I, I had, I had 90 managed teams this year, which is too many. I'm going to, you know, probably, probably try to do about half that, you know, next year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, if you change your mind, we here at the FFPC won't be upset <laughs> if you want to get it back up into the 80 or 90 range. That's totally fine. Um, okay. Let's talk about this, Mike. Um, 
a player that you really got right this year, whether it was a player that had a stellar season and you drafted them on, on a bunch of teams and you can't say the Browns defense for this. Cause we know you got that right. But a player that, um, uh, you know, had a Bafo season, went crazy. Everybody wanted them. You got them on a lot of teams, or it could be a player that had a terrible season and you really avoided. Was there one player that you really got right this year? Um, probably the, the, the one that stands out to me most is Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, he was a guy on, you know, three, I had three main event teams with him out of six that had him. And, you know, those were the three teams that made the, the playoffs. And, um, yeah. So, by, by drafting him, I avoided. I avoided. Yeah, I avoided Stephon Diggs. I avoided AJ Brown. Kind of the, the guy I missed out on was CD Lamb. And yeah, if I right. would have replaced Amon Ra with CD Lamb, I would have. I'd be half a million dollars richer. But yeah, it was really, yeah. That that was the guy. That, that was the guy that I could count on in my lineups every year, every week. You know, this year. Um, Is there so so you had the choice um, in. Well, I mean, you said you three out of your six. Did you have the choice in all three to take St. Brown or Lamb? Yes. Okay. Now, is what – so I should – I should. I want to phrase this the right way. You took St. Brown over Lamb in all three. Why was that the case? And if you had to look back on it, would you have – I mean, obviously you would have changed it because of the results. But when we, we we rather trust the process than results, right? So if you had to do it over again, would you have still taken St. Brown um, over Lamb? And if you didn't know the results, yeah. Well, I mean, I I had I had St. Brown in a tier ahead of you know, the, those guys, so I was. Uh, but yeah, there was a draft. I I drafted. A, I did a main event draft on the airport. You know, waiting for my flight back from Vegas. I had the seven pick. That was the one where you know after the I took St. Brown again there, and I. That was the one where I was thinking, well, maybe I should have taken CD Lamb because I don't have him. And yeah. So, but I mean, like, what what was it about? Was it just the consistency? Was it the offense? Um, the um, the you know the reliability of of knowing that things were a little bit more consistent, uh, you know, remaining constant from twenty twenty two that had you picking St. Brown over Lamb. What was it that that ultimately sold you on St. Brown over Lamb in all three drafts? Well, I mean, we had the Thursday night game, and I could see that. Yeah, he was he was the main focus of the offense, and it was gonna it's gonna run through him. Um, yeah, it sounds silly now, but I was I was worried about Dak in, in Dallas, and yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I was. T- I mean, like, here's the thing: we, I, I know, I talked about this a lot in August. Kellen Moore moved on from Dallas um, and immediately got scooped up by the Chargers, and I was like, oh, here we go. Let wheels up for the chargers this year with Kellen Moore, Herbert, Allen, Williams, Johnston, um, uh, Joshua Palmer, Eckler. I mean, all those guys, I, I was loving the Chargers. I was not sold on the Cowboys either. Cause they brought in another guy that loved to run the football. And at that point I'm like, well, okay. I mean, are we going to see a huge year from CD lamb? Are we going to see a huge year from Dak Prescott in this offense? Now we ended up seeing both those guys have career years, but at the same time, you said it. It seems silly now, but back then, I think it was definitely logical to 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 pass on him. Well, yeah, and then also, yeah, Tony Pollard was a thing. I mean, right. yeah, that was yeah. he was supposed to take at least some of what what CD Lamb got. But, yeah, they they kind of they didn't yeah, yeah they didn't go to Pollard at all in the passing game. Yeah, that. No, 
No, and like, and, and that that was def. I mean, I know um, Dave Turp, who co-hosts a lot of the draft coverage that we do here in the FFPC. He said last year, he's like, if they ever get rid of Elliott, Pollard might be the number one overall fantasy running back. And I said, slow your role player. But I said, well, there's a non-zero chance of it. And then for whatever reason, it didn't happen this year. Now, Pollard also said a couple of weeks ago, and you never know if he's just saying this or if it's true, um, or maybe a little bit of both. But he said, like, look, I, I didn't realize how bad I hurt myself last year, and I'm just now starting to feel like I, I'm at full strength again. So I kind of get it from Pollard's angle, too, because that was a pretty significant injury. Um, I did not draft Pollard anywhere. He was – I don't think I did. No, I did not have any Pollard this year. Just too rich for my blood. I, I, I did not want to pay that price to get him on my team. And I was happy about it. But there are other guys I totally whiffed on this year that I should have had – a on my team or that I drafted too much of and and they ultimately sucked, especially down the stretch. Um, Mike, was there anybody this year that you were like, if you had to do it over again, you would have gotten a lot more shares of this guy or that you wish you wouldn't have drafted so much. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, uh, a guy that I completely missed on was uh, Rashad White. Um, mm. Just, I, I was, I kind of didn't like what I saw last year, so I was drafting all the backups. I was drafting Sean Tucker a lot, I was drafting Chase Edmonds, even picked up Keyshawn Vaughn on waivers a couple places, and yeah, that was kind of one that I, I did not see coming at all. Completely missed it. Didn't have any of him. Um, that a guy that I drafted too much, I, I don't know how I ended up with so much of him, but I seem to have Miles Sanders on, on way too many teams. And I, I, I think it was just kind of a, a, a mistake I made in my, my rankings. I just, you know, had him one or two spots too high and he, was, he ended up being the top guy on my list too many times. I, I didn't move him down um, when people were, were fanning him. And yeah, it was kind of neutral on him, but I, I had, you know, a ton of him. When did you re- when did you realize that you're like oh my god I cannot believe how much Sanders I have this year was it like mid August uh, late August yeah when I was probably when I was you know sitting in the you know, varsity draft on Saturday you know my last live draft I was you know, yeah <laughs> maybe maybe should have gone with you know with you know Camara or you right. know, James Conner or you know Rashad White or any of those guys but yeah I was, I was always coming back to you know, to, to Miles Sanders and yeah. Well, it's it's good to hear that a guy with so much success like you is still missing on picks and missing on them multiple times. Makes me feel better about it. Uh, you're still way more successful than I'll ever be. So congratulations on a good season. I know it wasn't the season you wanted, not you know getting that million dollar grand prize, but still a tremendous season. Um, we'll look ahead to 2024 here with this last question, Mike. I know uh, it's very difficult because we don't know where these players are going to land. 
free agency uh, still has to happen, the NFL draft. And, oh, by the way, the rest of the NFL season in 2023 and the postseason. So much can happen. But is there a player – I know you already said you're out on Darren Waller uh, this coming season. Is there another player you know you're probably going to be out on? And then conversely, a player that you're like, man, I really want to get this guy in a lot of drafts next year. Okay, a player that I'm nervous about, I'm not gonna, not saying I'm going to be out on him, I'm a little bit nervous about Tyreek Hill next year. He's mm. just kind of want to be, you know, a year early rather than a year late and getting out on him. He's, yeah, he's carried a bunch of teams this year, but he's faded down the stretch now three time, three years in a row where he's kind of disappointed in the playoff weeks. And yeah, I mean, I, I still want to draft some of him, but I'm a little bit nervous about him just because he's, he's getting older and you know, maybe maybe you know, a channel will take more of, more of his you know, his snaps his touches. Um, and kind of more of a you know, team that I'm interested in next year is um, Cincinnati, just their whole passing game. Just right. interested in seeing them bounce back. I think think Joe Burrow could be a, a target next year. And, you know, I, I think he'll come back fully healthy you know, next year, and uh, he could be a he could be a target. You know, if, if people are, are nervous about them. Do you think that because Burrow will probably fall because of the injury a little bit? I mean, Chase, I mean, well, I guess we don't know if Higgins is going to be back. Is there going to be any kind of first-round discount on Jamar Chase next year? I don't think there will be, but I'm going to be drafting him anyway. I'm going to be right. – well, wherever he falls, I'll probably take him. I, yeah, I'm not going to take him number one overall. I mean, he – yeah, I guess coming out of the, the draft season, he was the guy – one guy that I risked not – you know, I was – felt bad about not getting more. Right. He was the one guy I completely missed out on. Felt like I had too much Jefferson, not enough chase, but it didn't matter in the end, but yeah. So now that we have reached the, I mean, we have the FFPC playoff challenge coming up, um, you know, before we get into the thick of drafting season, when do you start your drafting process? I mean, are you drafting early in January, February, March? Do you wait till after the NFL draft? How do you normally handle it, Mike? Um, I'll, I'll, pro- I'll probably hold off on drafting until, yeah, either the Browns win the Super Bowl or they get eliminated. That's probably when I'll, I'll start. I mean, I, in, in the past, I've jumped into the first, you know, slow draft, um, but I, I'll probably wait until, until you know, one of the $35 live drafts fills. And, you know, usually the last couple of years, it's, it's filled. We've, we've had one in, in February. I'll probably be in that. Now, what, what is it about that early draft that you like trying to get in that, that first one every year? Is it just sort of like fun and kitschy? Are you learning anything out of that? Why do you like to be in that first one? I, I, I just don't like playing catch up. So I, I, I right. don't like having other people be ahead of me. And so I want to, yeah. I, I think it is um, going to be a good year for uh, you next year. It was already a good year for you in 2023, Mike. I think 2024 holds good things in store for you as well. And hopefully, now listen, I'm a Packers guy, so whatever happens in the AFC happens in the AFC. I'm more than happy to w- to be willing to root for your Cleveland Browns in the playoffs. Um, in fact, I think I have in the past too. They're a very likable franchise to me, a good fan base. So uh, I-, I will rally everybody here in Northeast Wisconsin to root for your Cleveland Browns. Um, to to march the AFC, I'd much rather see them in the Super Bowl over you know Kansas City or or Buffalo or or anybody like that, especially Kansas City. I I don't need to see the Chiefs in another Super Bowl, that's for sure. Um, and Mike, uh, hopefully next year 
will be the year that you're cashing that seven-figure grand prize in either the main event or the Fantasy Pros Championship. We will continue to follow you on the X machine at Mike Zuka. Thank you so much, my friend. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, um, uh, sitting in with me on, on this Tuesday night. Go Browns and enjoy the rest of the NFL season, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Eric. You got it. That's Mike Zuka, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the 17th place finisher in the FFPC main event, a guy who uh, has won numerous other best ball leagues this year as well, uh, Fantasy Pros Championship FFPC main event. He's done it all. Um, and always good to have him on. If you've ever seen him or if you've ever seen mongooses in your league, it's more than likely Mike Zuka, who has uh, had a really nice career here at the FFPC uh, over the course of 10 plus years. So that will complete tonight's show. And I do have uh, some, some news for you um, before I let you go tonight. Number one, we will be live next Tuesday at 10 o'clock on the road of his high stakes lowdown. Uh, already have two guests booked uh, for that show. And it's going to be our annual FFPC world famous playoff challenge preview show. Well, who better to get on than two of the four guys who won the $500,000 last year. So Judd Rosengart, Phil Orban, who were uh, two of the $500,000 winners last year, along with Steven Aarons and Tim Hall, they will be joining me next Tuesday as we will build. I'm going to try to get them to build a, 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 a roster on air. I don't know if we'll be able to get them to, but we'll try. Uh, but it will be your, your perfect prep for getting your playoff challenge rosters set. So that will be next Tuesday's show. Uh, right here at 10 p.m. Now, this fr- uh, excuse me, this Thursday, uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Show will go live on the Better Sports Network at 7 o'clock. We'll go all the way up until 9 o'clock. Billy Musio from uh, Player Profiler, another longtime FFPC player, very successful one. He's going to share uh, what he learned from this season with a look ahead to 2024 drafting and the playoff challenge. That will be Thursday on all the FFPC socials as well as the Better Sports Network at 7 o'clock. Friday night, this is the big one. Farrell Elliott and myself, 10 o'clock Eastern time, uh, will be joined by the 2023 FFPC main event, $1 million winner Teague Orgman will be joining us on the show. Uh, and I will ask him the proper way to pronounce his name. That's be my first question before I ask him what he's going to do with that million bucks. But he's going to join us. Very exciting show for you lined up on Friday. And then the following Friday, uh, we are going to have the Fantasy Pros Championship $1 million winner, Brendan Gobert, will join us. So literally back-to-back million-dollar winners. Never happened on the HSFF Hour ever, but it's going to be happening this coming Friday and then next Friday. So Teague will join us this Friday, and then uh, Brendan will join us the following Friday on uh, January uh, 12th. So Go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com right now to play in that FFPC weekly challenge. We got the Saturday challenge for you, the Sunday challenge for you, $35 price point, $200 price point. You can win up to $2,500. And then don't forget about the world famous FFPC playoff challenge. Register for that right now. $200 entry fee will get you in the running for a $500,000 grand prize. You can enter for $35 as well and still be eligible for a $100,000 grand prize as well. $200 or $35 to enter, whichever one you want to do, make sure you're signing up right now. And we'll have plenty of content coming up over the next couple of weeks on the FFPC family of podcasts uh, that will show you uh, the way from people who have done it before, who have won a lot of money before, half million dollars before, uh, to tell you what they're doing this year, what they recommend that you should be doing this year. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on it, share it. 
uh, with your friends and enemies and then get notified by clicking on that bell. Uh, so you'll know every time we go live with a million dollar winner or another million dollar winner or a half million dollar winner. Uh, it's the season of champions here on the FFPC podcast, FFPC media, uh, and it will continue Thursday night. Billy Musio on the high stakes fantasy football show with me. Thank you to Mike Zuka. Thank you to everybody watching, listening, streaming. Appreciate it. We'll be back on this show 10 o'clock on Tuesday. We'll be back on these airwaves at seven o'clock Eastern time on Thursday night with Billy Musio. Happy new year, everybody. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.